after our podcast yesterday, I got a question from a listener as to why I don't recommend a two-point swing for an amateur player. We're going to break it down today. Let's tee it up. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Data Access Golf, the podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, a really good question. Yesterday, I kind of briefly mentioned an article on golf.com from one Seisho McKenzie, a doctor of biomechanics up in Canada, and he kind of talked about how he really liked the homegrown swings of a Sergio Garcia and a John Rahm and said something to the, to the effects that, you know, Justin Rose and, and Adam Scott have pretty swings on one-plane swings, but, you know, he kind of liked uh, the, the two-plane swings, which is fine. And so I, I mentioned, I guess in the podcast, I don't really recommend a two-plane swing for an amateur golfer. Rightly so, got a question back, why not? So that's a fair question, and I want to talk about it a little bit. The first thing I did is there was this um, comment then in this research that he just kind of felt like that the um, you can generate more club head speed and it's a more natural motion to have a two-plane swing. And I would say, uh, perhaps, it's very hard. I will say this. It's very difficult to have just a one-plane swing. That's very difficult. You get to the top of your backswing, the lower body goes, that usually changes your plane a little bit, and then you kind of come into the ball on a lower plane. That's just sort of biomechanically what happens, even with some of the best players that are trying to swing on a one plane. That's just our body in motion. That's how it works. My comment really about a one plane and a two plane swing is we want to, and the basis behind it is, I always preach as simple a golf move as possible. Because the fewer moving parts there are, the easier it is to make adjustments and fix your swing when you're out playing. And when you're an amateur and you don't have hours upon hours and masseuse and swing coaches and track man surrounding you 24-7, we just don't have the opportunity to get by with doing things that are not fundamentally sound. We just don't have the time to practice and depend on our timing. So we want to take everything out, everything that's Um, superfluous out of our golf swing and just boil it down to something as simple as possible that works with us that that's a good move for us that's a natural move for us and then use it and then play with it and so I want to jump in this this idea first off from Dr. McKenzie that the two-plane swing versus a one-plane swing is a more natural move is I get it and I've definitely proven in my own research using some, some feedback and technology that I can pick up some swing speed if I use a two-plane swing. And I've mentioned before, so if I'm in a scramble and, and the folks are safe ahead of me, I will use a two-plane swing to try to hit the ball as far as I possibly can because it's already safe. But if I want to split the fairway, I rarely go to a two-plane swing just because there's more variability to that swing. And the chances are pretty, or at least better, that I'm going to not hit the center of the club face and I'm not going to square the club as readily at impact. And so I like to avoid the two-plane swings when I absolutely have to split the fairway. So what I wanted to do, based just on the comments, and again, if you go to golf.com, and I linked to the article in yesterday's podcast, but if you, I, just, I just grabbed numbers, right? It's just, uh, I went back to PGA Tour 
and, and went to the stats page. And what I did is pulled out the 2018 numbers for the four players that were mentioned. And that's uh, Sergio Garcia, John Rahm as examples of two plain swingers. And then Adam Scott and Justin Rose as no not notorious, but infamous. Let's use infamous. Infamous one plane swingers where they kind of go up and come down on the same plane, right? It looks very similar going back and coming back through. So just kind of wanted to pull out some data and look at how their, and how their performance was last year. So first off, consistency numbers, that's how many cuts they made. I like to look at it that way. It seems pretty easy. Uh, Sergio Garcia entered 15 tournaments. He made seven cuts for a 47% made cut percentage. So not very good based on some of the numbers that we saw that we talked about yesterday. Okay, John Rom, he entered 20 events. He made 16 cuts for an 80% mark. Again, 80% sounds pretty good. But if you look at Adam Scott, he entered 21 events and made 18 cuts for an 86% rate. And Justin Rose, 18 events, 17 cuts. We know he had a really good year, but at a 94% consistency rating. So as far as the data goes, there's nothing here that would suggest that a two-plane swing is more consistent than a one-plane swing. Then we jump into, okay, then why wouldn't I use a one-plane swing? And the pushback always is, you know, swing speed. A two-plane swing is faster than a, a one-plane swing. You're utilizing gravity. You're allowing your arms to drop into a different plane, and you're allowing gravity to help you propel the club into the back of the ball and you can pick up some some speed that way i've shown it in my own game shown it in everybody else's that we've tried to do this on that that works i mean we're using ground we're using gravity's forces to help us pick up some swing speed well if we look at average yards you've got sergio on the drive sergio's at 302 john rom's at 309 you've got adam scott at 305 and justin rose at 304 so not a real, not a big difference there as far as distances off the tee. So again, a two-plane swing doesn't seem to really generate that much more, at least for these individuals, not statistically so. It's all pretty similar. We look at driving accuracy. You've got Sergio at 62%. He hits the fairway to 62% mark. John Rahm hit it at 59% in 2018. Adam Scott hit it at 63% and Justin Rose hit it at 66%. So again, all very similar, but we have the two plane swingers at 62 and 59% and we have the one plane swingers at 63 and 66%. That's just real data. They're splitting more fairways. Okay, greens and regulation. We've got uh, Sergio Garcia at 67% and John Rahm at 70%. And we have Adam Scott at 71% and Justin Rose at 70%. So really not a lot of difference there. They're hitting about the same rate. If you average those two together, you've got uh, John Rahm and Sergio Garcia, you know, right at that 68 and a half. And uh, Adam Scott and Justin Rose would be at 70 and a half. 70 and a half. So a couple points different. Uh, more greens in regulation than with, Adams, with the one plane swingers. And then scoring average, also important. This obviously brings into, you know, around the green, a lot of different things. But you've got... Scoring averages of 70.6 and 69.9 for the two-plane swingers and 70.4 and 68.9 for the one-plane swingers. So that's all very similar. So at least based on performance data, and that's really all that we have to go on and what we like to use, the one-plane swing does to seem, seem to be more consistent, splits more fairways, 
Um, they make more cuts with a one-plane swing. Uh, they hit more greens. And their scoring averages are actually a little bit lower, but not statistically significant. So again, the, the knock on the one-plane swing that it's not as natural and not as fluid, I, I think, and, and doesn't help you perform as naturally, I think kind of goes out the window. Now, the caveat being, and this is why I, I don't like the two-plane swing for an amateur. I think that Sergio Garcia and John Rahm are amazing talents and that their eye-hand coordination and their athletic ability is off the charts and their ability to practice is off the charts, being professional golfers and having teams and this being their job. And so they can get away with this two-plane swing can work for them. It takes more timing the chances of coming in at a different plane into impact greatly increased when you're allowing that to drop towards the ground as you're moving back in towards the ball. That's just how it is, right? That's just physics. And so it adds variability to the golf swing, which when we are amateurs and we are trying to get by with as little practice as we have, as, as we have opportunity to do, we need to make sure that the move is as simple as possible. On a one, this is the cool thing about a one-plane swing, or as close to a one-plane swing as, as you can get. If you can get to a point where, based on feedback, you have a one-plane swing and you know what that feels like to you, then you have the ability to work the ball. And that's something that we don't talk a lot about either. When you have a one-plane swing, it's much easier then to move the ball both ways. Now, that might scare a lot of you. That's, that's fine. But if you get to... And, and this is how it all works, right? If we can just get our club face squared impact and we can get our club on plane every single time and we have data and feedback to show us that and we can trust that and we know what that feels like in our game, then we're going to hit a nice high draw, just a slight draw, because we're swinging on a tilted axis. And I don't want to get too far into the weeds in this. But when we're swinging on a tilted axis, we're coming a little from the inside and with a square club face, we expect the ball to start where the club face is pointing right down the target line and move a little bit left if you're a right-handed player, move a little bit right if you're a left-handed player. And that's it. That's the basic golf shot. Okay, so now what do we want to do? If we want to hit a straight ball, then all we have to do is come a little bit from the outside from our normal on-plane swing and we can hit a straight ball, just a little tiny bit. And if we stay on that one plane, that becomes much easier than if you're dropping the club and trying to come from the outside. Now we're talking about some very complicated moves that are almost impossible to, to get right every single time. We've, we've added in a great deal of inconsistency into our game. If we want to start moving, the, if we want to hit a straight ball, or if we want to start moving the ball with a, a slight fade, because we have to come from the outside to make the ball move that direction, to fade it. If we want to hit a, more of a draw or even a hook, then we just have to come more from the inside from, that, from the, our standard plane shot. And that, that's a very much a two-plane swing move. You drop the club down and bring it more from the inside. Now when we come more from the inside and our club faces squared impact, we're going to hit the ball with much more of a hook spin. That's the difference. If we can get our, our golf swings to an absolute, very simple one-plane place, as close as we possibly can without being crazy and robotic, then we have greater control over our games. And that's, that's the only reason that I say this one-plane swing for amateurs is just the way to go. You take some, consistent, some inconsistency out of it. 
And that's kind of what we're looking for. Instead of trying to figure out things, it also means that when we get out on the golf course and the ball starts going directions that we do not like, we know exactly what we need to do to bring that back into where it's manageable. If we're really slicing the ball, then we know that we're coming further outside than we thought we were. And we can bring that down a little bit and try to find our plane again, where we would expect our stock shot to be kind of a high little draw. A one-plane swing for an amateur that doesn't have a lot of time to practice is really beneficial. It's going to cut down your practice time. It's going to improve your consistency. And if you have technology to give you instant feedback when you do have time to practice, that's just going to speed up the benefit even more. And that's what we're all about here. Rapid golf improvement through feedback, accurate feedback through the use of technology and devices. Hopefully that's helpful and hopefully that answers your question. Remember always, better data means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com and we'll see you on the next episode.